Praise God. It's good to have our visitors with us today, too. If you're a visitor here, welcome. Glad that you're here. Amen. Before Bishop comes to minister, I would like us to just enter a season of prayer here, if we could. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness, Jesus. I thank you for, for your spirit that's here today, God. I thank you for the power that you've given, Lord. It resides in you, all power. It comes from you, Lord Jesus, all authority. Lord, we recognize you as the Lord and the King, the sovereign leader, the one who reigns over all the earth. Jesus, I'm thankful to you. I give you praise, Lord Jesus. I give you praise, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of all of our praise. Hallelujah. Lord, continue to let your spirit minister and flow here today. Let our minds be open to receive the word that you have for us, God. Let our ears be anointed to hear as you would speak to us, Father. I pray the quickening power of your word, Lord Jesus. Let it minister to us today. Hallelujah. God bless you. Interesting thing about the the voice of the Lord. I'm going to share with you the word of the Lord, but I'm expecting that you'll hear the voice of the Lord. Now, my experience has been sometimes it didn't matter what was being taught from, God would begin to talk to me about Anything he felt like he needed to talk to me about. And so I can remember many times where my response at the end of the teaching wasn't necessarily to the teaching. But it's what God was saying to me while the teaching was being done. So I would encourage each of us to have an ear. To hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Amen. Before I go to these scriptures, I want to uh, give you a word of testimony. Through my life, we're talking ages now, so I'm 63, by the way. She's 61. But through my what I think is now many years of experience, I've, I've experienced healings in my life. The most significant one in the very beginning of my walk with God was a healing in my back. I would, I would uh, move wrong, and once a month I'd have to take a day of work off because I'd played ice hockey when I was 16, and then I was in an automobile accident out here on, Yak on, on the freeway just past Yakima Avenue. Rolled my truck down the freeway. So I had injuries. And uh, they just kept surfacing once a month. And I, oh, you know. I, so I w was in a meeting, a church service. I think it was a camp meeting or something. But anyway, they, they had a prayer line. They said, anybody who needs healing, if you'll line up over here and walk down, I think there was 
you know, in the middle of a bunch of ministers or something. And they were going to lay hands on everybody. And they did. And so, you know, you're in, you're in anticipation because you're in the back of the line. And, you know, people are moving through and they're praying and, oh, God's blessing them and touching them. And so you're moving with some anticipation of this moment. Well, all of a sudden, Yvonne Horseman, who was right in front of me, she started dancing like this and moving backwards. And she had heels like this, spikes. And they landed on my toes. Now I got a need for healing down here. I don't even feel my back anymore. And before I could even react, they're laying hands on me. And so I'm trying to get through the line with my crushed toes to get beyond in recovery. And it was about three days later that I realized, hey, the pain in my back is gone. And now it would be literally years before I would injure myself again and end up going to a chiropractor, you know. And so the course of life. But I never forgot that first time when the Lord touched me. And it, and it wasn't immediate, but over three days, I began to realize, hey, I, I'm not in pain there anymore. I have experienced instant, instantaneous healings. And I have also experienced healings that came over a period of time. One time it took 10 months. No. Well, I continually got prayer. And then, well, let me give you some details. I was under attack of a spirit of infirmity. Now, I didn't realize there was a spirit involved. But I had developed a rash that came down the back of my neck and went over my shoulders. I went to a doctor and they took a biopsy. And they said, we don't know what it is. Yes, Lord? Did you need something? Oh. And I would continually go to the altar and ask for prayer for this rash that was on me and wouldn't go away. And I remember it lasting, it, it was eight to ten months, okay? Wouldn't go away, wouldn't go away. I kept praying and asking for prayer. And I remember one night, I felt the spirit leave. Three days later, the rash was gone. I want you to hear and listen to the Holy Ghost for your situations whether it's you, yourself, or a close friend or family member. Now, so we're talking about healing in the varied degrees. I had noticed on my right index finger, there was a line that had developed in the middle of my fingernail. It was like a ridge. 
And uh, it just caught my attention, and I would look at it, and I would rub it once in a while, and just, that's weird. I wonder what that is. And then that, that ridge became a crack. And my fingernail cracked right down the middle. And then it turned black. And then I noticed that I was losing fing uh, feeling in the end of my finger. And this went on for some time. I went to a meeting back east. I was a little bit embarrassed by it. So I was, you know, when I was talking, I'd put my hand over my finger. I remember Bishop Wright one time saying, what's going on with your finger? I, I don't know. I don't know. It looked terrible. I mean, it was all buckled up and broke in the middle, and it was nasty. And I said, I, I don't know, you know. I, I went to a nail salon. I said, can you do something with this? Can you put something over top of it? I'm embarrassed. Yes, but you'll have to come back within eight or ten days. I have to take it off because your fingernail has to breathe. I said, I don't think it's breathing. I went back three times. Yes, me. I went to a nail salon. <laughs> and eventually I just ripped that last one off. And uh, I was driving down the road one day. I don't remember what I did, but my hand passed my nose. And I smelt dead skin. Dying skin. I just caught. And when I, when I had that smell register, something came over me and I felt faith and I rebuked death while I was driving down the road. I, I only took a moment or two, but I spoke out the words and I rebuked death because what I smelt was death. Now look at my fingernail today. Do you see any blemishes in that nail at all? It's perfectly clear. I'm talking about healing. That's not the subject of what I want to teach about here. But I felt for somebody today, I want you to hear from the voice of the Lord. When he brings to you faith to believe him. For whatever healing is needed. This is not a one-time event for me. Again, I've lived long enough and been involved in the kingdom enough and had faith, I, I guess. But I've had enough afflictions. Let me tell you about one more. I was in my RV in the Toppenish campground, the... Uh, What do they, they call it? Nation, Nation RV Center, which is closed now. I was in my trailer, and I noticed I was starting to have a pain in my foot. And it was cramping up, and, and then I noticed it was 
starting to curl. And I had gone to bed late at night, and, and uh, you know, I couldn't sleep because it was getting worse and worse. And I, you know, I, I was praying and, and asking the Lord, what in the world? What's going on? What's happening to my foot? <clears throat> and I had a visit that night. And the voice started talking to me about faith and about proclaiming faith. And it wasn't a positive voice. It was an in-my-face voice. You know, you said this, you believe it now? You said that, you believe it now? What is, how does this feel? And what are you going to do about it? I remember calling a guy and saying, can you bring me like four Tylenol? I can't drive. I can't do anything. I am in so much pain. Well, I got through the night. And I thought, I am packing up and getting out of here. I'm going home. And I, I can remember limping around my RV and all these people watching me in the distance. And I'm thinking, why did you offer to help me? You can see I can't walk. This is killing me. And I finally got the thing hooked up. And... I headed over the pass. Well, that's a Saturday, and so I get home, and I, I'm thinking, I don't need to be in service tomorrow. I, this is enough reason for me to stay home. But by the next morning, God had gave me a word. I got to go. So I went to the church. Made it to the front. It, my time came. I stood up. I don't know if I told anybody that was going on. I probably said, I got a hurt foot. But I started to minister. And in my ministering, I was, I got excited. And there was such an anointing. And at one point, I leaped in the air off of my strong foot. And not, you know, and in midair, I'm realizing, I'm going to land on that foot. And when I did, it was like lightning up through the ground, up through my ankle bones, up through my leg. I began to run around the church. Now, that was an instant healing. Now, I don't know why I had to go through all of that. We're not our own. Now, hear me when I say, you listen for the voice of the Lord concerning your situation. You receive the faith of God for your circumstance. Second Peter chapter three at verse nine. I think this is the message, but it, I may be wrong. That might have been the message right there. 
2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants to save everybody. He doesn't want one person on the planet to perish before coming to repentance. Now, sadly, God is not going to have his way. That's his way. That's his wish. That's what he's willing for. That's what he wants and he desires. But we know from the whole of the word of God, he's not going to have his way. Matthew 7 and 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. God is not going to have his way. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Let's go ahead and read verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves. And so as we look over the whole of Scripture, we see a broader perspective. Okay, God's not willing that I would perish, but that I would come to repentance. But then he's warning in Matthew that straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Few there be that find it. Broad is the path to destruction, and many are going to be on that path. Many are on that path. Luke chapter 11, at verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. He said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hold on a minute. Okay, yeah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as earth as so it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, and we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them. Now, this is still under, in the same conversation. Lord, teach us to pray. We're in the same conversation. He just gave us the Our Father. Right? And now he continues on, and he says unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight? And say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. 
For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. He said from within, and he said from within, shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in the bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Now, remember the question that was asked. Lord, teach us to pray. And a lot of people have found themselves in repetition, repetitious reciting of our fathers. Not realizing he hadn't got to the point. Because of importunity, which means... I need your help. I need your help. Father, I need your help. Father, I need your help. Father, I got a problem. That's importunity. That's not, oh, okay. I tried. Faith says, I can touch him. Faith says, he just wants me to ask him one more time. Faith says that it continues to stack up before him. And so I'll ask again. I'll ask again. I'll ask again. Faith says there's nowhere else to turn. Faith says I'm going to come back. I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm coming back tomorrow. Somebody needs to come back. You cast the promise under a bush and went a bowshot distance away because you couldn't hear the cry of the child that had received a promise. I know, I just leaped across the Old Testament to Hagar in a desert place. Twelve princes shall come out of thee. The child. Promise was given by God concerning the child. This was not the child of promise. That was Isaac. This was Esau. But he had received a promise from God. And Hagar, who was an Egyptian bondwoman held no promises. And the Bible says Abraham sent her away into a desert place or off with something to eat, a little bit of something to drink. And the Bible says the water was gone, the food was gone, the child was crying. She didn't want to see the death of the child. She couldn't stand to hear the cry of the child and cast the child under a bush. Do you know that she had an angelic visitation? You know what the angel said? I heard the cry of the child. Go and lift up the child. Go back to where the promise was given and pick up the child. When she did that, 
Bible says her eyes were opened. There was a pool of water out in front of her. It was there. She, hadn't, she couldn't see it until she went back and picked up. Remember where we started here? Hear the voice of the Lord for your situation. Wait on the voice of the Lord for your situation. Hagar, go back and pick up the child. She picks up the child. Now she can see there's provision now that's come. And that young boy survived and grew up and has become many nations. Importunity. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh, seeketh, seek, keep seeking, keep seeking, asking, asking, importunity... To him that knocketh, it shall be opened unto him. Matthew chapter 24. As I sat in my chair this morning and these scriptures were coming to me, I, I, I noted to myself that at this particular juncture, it seems to be a shift where I'm about to read. <clears throat> a turn. Once again, with experience, that tells me I'm shifting to a different situation. I'm probably shifting to a different person. Or people. Okay. So again. We're listening for the voice of the Lord. To us. As an individual. For our situation. Matthew 24. 37. But as the days of Noah were. So shall also the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood. They were eating Drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. We got to eat. We got to drink. Some of us got to get married. It was their focus. None of these things are wrong. They're right. Eating will keep you alive. But it was their focus. All they could think about was what they were eating. All they could think about was their next drink. All, their life was consumed about who they were going to marry.
until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So also, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew chapter 25 at verse 1. This is the last scripture setting, and then I'm going to turn it back to Brother to Elder Flowers. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our oil lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. Let me tell you what I see happening here in these scriptures. The Lord is, especially there in Luke 11, but I see it here too. The Lord gives a pattern, and then he, he gave the parable, and then he gave the practical application. And for if, I'll just be honest that this is me. I just want to live in the practical applica application. And a, a lot of times I go to the Lord and say, just give me the practical. Give me what I need. But other times, I'm just going to live in the parable. Or other times, just give me a pattern to follow. And I'll just follow a pattern. Or, I, or I'll just see in, in the parable, there is no personal connection to that. We just say, that's them. That's just the Lord telling a, a neat story. Or sometimes even we say, yeah, that applies to that situation over there, not to mine. And 
but what, what the Lord is doing, what he's showing us is there is practical application for every part of his word as it pertains to you. He will speak something, and then with intention, he will say, here's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you, because I need you to do this. The practical application in Luke 11 was keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Pray and then keep praying. Not just a pattern, not just make sure you say these words. I feel guilty about this a lot of times. Sometimes my kids give me grief about it. I've got my oldest two in here right now. But they, they want me to pray for their dreams at night when it's time for bed. And I'll be honest with you, uh, most of the time that prayer sounds pretty similar to the night before it and the night before that and the night before that because I start thinking I just got to I got to I got to pray five times and I got to do it before I can get in bed. <laughs> so make sure I hit this and this and this and make sure I say something about the dreams and <sighs> then we'll go to sleep and we'll sleep good. <laughs> um, but I, I because I just want the pattern for it. And every now and then the Lord will stop me while I while I'm praying for him. I'll put my hand on their head or whatever and I'm praying this or praying that, and it's almost like, yeah, but this one needs this tonight. Oh, really? I would have never known. I would have just prayed this prayer the same way that I always do it and, and, and closed my eyes and gone to sleep. But he's, he, there's practical application. That's the, that's the danger of the pattern is you get outside of any adjustment that the Lord would give you. Any, any, any change, and we lock him in a box almost to say, this is what the Lord can do, and this is what I expect of him, and I don't need anything more than that. I don't, I'm not going to accept anything less than that. I need this for my pattern of my walk with God, and if I'm honest, now, I'm just talking about me, and I don't know how, who all might be similar, feel similar, but I, I've learned, as I view my time, especially as I think of it in my relationship with the Lord and the, the church and the congregation here, as a, as a weekly segment. I need Sunday to go like this, so Monday can be like this, and I need Tuesday night to go like this, so the rest of the week we can do this, and then we'll be ready for Sunday again. And that's a pattern I mean honestly if we if we went around the room and said what is next Sunday going to look like most of you could have a pretty good shot at it well I think we'll probably do this and might have some of that and we'll get a format going and that's that's the pattern and then even what's your week going to look like well I've got the pattern I, got, I do this Sunday afternoons after church, we go and do that and, and spend the evening like this, getting ready for this week. And then and we get into that pattern, and before we know it, it's a week that's gone by, and then it's another week that's gone by, and then it's another week that's gone by. And we judge our life based on how closely the week matched the pattern. 
And if there were things that happened better than my normal pattern, that was a great week. And if there were things that happened worse than my normal pattern, oh, that was a terrible week. Things are going bad now. And we just get in that pattern that says, this is what I expect of the Lord. But he would give us the practical application as often as we seek for it. As, as much as you desire it, the Lord will give it to you. No, I'm good with that because I got my pattern. I know that Wednesday evenings look like this and Friday mornings look like this and Saturday afternoons look like... I'm good with all that. Really? Where's the, where's the practical application of what the Lord would give us in that? I don't see it anywhere in, in the Bible that the Lord tells me this is what your week's supposed to look like. Make sure your Sundays you check these boxes and your Mondays you check these. Maybe Monday through Friday you check these and then your Saturday you check these. It's a, it's a, really it's a moment by moment walk with the Lord. Anything, anything that's not moment by moment can, can get dangerously close to a religious pattern or a fleshly pattern. Lord, I'll, I'll pick up with you on Sunday. Or you know what? I might even be feeling generous and pick up with you on Saturday night so that we can roll into Sunday morning looking really good, feeling really good about things. And then after Sunday, sometime after... <coughs> Sometime after this wears off, maybe Sunday evening, Monday, Tuesday, a couple of days into it. All right, I'm feeling, you know, I, I, as long as I'm ready for Saturday night, for Sunday morning, I got a few days here. I got a little bit of time here. It's not moment by moment. I get outside of that, and I start to think, I know. You know, the scripture says life is but a vapor, and it's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. The Lord would, the practical application of that is every moment counts. Every moment. You say, that's, that's too heavy, that's too much. You know, I don't need, you know, I, I just need a good, you know, 30-minute devotional. And that's a good day for me. I just need to pray for five minutes before bedtime or, or when I get up as I'm having my coffee. And, and, and if I can get that in, then I'm good. I'll consider that a good day. I'll consider that living for God that day. I'm here to tell you, he wants it to be moment by moment. Every day. Because when he knows that, when he knows he has your moments, he can orchestrate things perfectly to every detail. If you will trust me with every moment of your day, 
then at 10.02 a.m., I'm going to have the coworker step into your office and start to talk to you, and I'm going to give you the words to say that they need to hear at 10.02. You ready? Set your clock. But if he doesn't have every moment, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., Monday morning that day, oh, I just, Lord, I'm doing my, I got this, and I'm busy, and and 1002 goes by and the coworker comes in and hey how you doing all right good and, and, and we missed the moment and the lord is thinking that was a god appointed time that because you weren't available was missed every moment he wants every moment Would you stand with me? I, I, uh, I'll tell this story quickly. We, last week we mentioned some about the, the funeral of my friend Anthony that we went to. Um, he, he mentioned, he, he, I don't know, it's like the Lord gave him extra clarity in his last few years. But um, I, I had never had a, someone that was very close to me go through chemotherapy and then share with me what that looks like you know what what does it actually mean and what is what happens when you go to the hospital or the doctor's office and these treatments and those things but what he said was uh i'm living like i have about 26 weeks in the year not 52 because i'm doing chemotherapy every other week and I know that the weeks that I do those, I'm not going to be good for anything else in those weeks. So I've got 26, 25 good, solid weeks that I know I'm going to have more strength. I'm going to have more ability to do things with. So I'm going to have to live intentionally in that, in that time because I don't have all of my time. And what I see there is th th there's a principle. If I get that kind of thinking every moment, you know, I, I, I should look at this and say, oh, on a, oh let's, let's use a work day, an eight-hour work day. All right? 16 hours, I've got home and the drive and the getting the ready and all that. Those, those eight hours, I'm, I'm busy can't do anything with that time that's my that's my boss's time it's my employer's time can't that's not God's time now we wouldn't say that but that's what we are implying when with, with that attitude I've got I've got my time oh. I'm just going to tell you this one from experience don't make the Lord take the job away to teach you that lesson. That it's all his time. 24 hours in the day are all his time. So eight hours on your job, or four hours if you're working part-time, or whatever it is, or 24 hours if you stay at home, don't, don't think of it as, well, this, this, is the, this is the good time, the opportune time. I'm going to set aside this time and then just know that the rest, you know, don't expect anything from that. 
No. We, the Lord needs every, he, more than he needs it, I need him to have it. I need him to have my time. I need him to have me. So he can direct and orchestrate and lead according to his perfect will. You know that he has a perfect will for your life? He has a plan for you. What time is it? 1226. For 1227 and 1228 and 145 and 7 p.m. He's got a plan for you for each one of those moments. Now, the last time, I, I almost feel bad because the last time we started talking like this, and we don't know what next week's going to look like, and we don't know what next Sunday is going to look like, and where we'll be, and who can be where. The last time we started talking like that, we entered some never-before-seen times in history. And all of a sudden, we had higher-ups telling us what we could do and what we couldn't do, where we could go and where we couldn't go. I'm learning I'm hoping that we are learning. The most important thing I can do is give God all my time, all my life, all my substance, everything that I have, and then let him tell me what to do with it. That's the practical application. Today I want you to do this. Plan for this. Meet with that person. Share this. I'm going to open this altar right now. And I believe that the Lord wants to help us. This is just an opportunity for us to get our things in order, to get our life in order. Lord, this is your time. It's not my time. It's all, it's all 24 hours of every day is your time. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Lord. We're seeking after you right now. Jesus, we give you control right now. You would give every person here, Lord, the practical application of your word, how your word applies to me and my life, how the direction of your word applies to me and to my life. God, what you want me to do with every moment, what you want me to do with every moment, let my ear be attuned to your voice, Jesus. Let my ear be in tune with you. So when you speak, when you speak direction, God, when you point to the time clock, Jesus, when you send a message, God, I need to hear it and receive it and respond right away accordingly, Jesus, to get my life in line with you, to get my time in line with you. I give you control of all of it right now, Jesus. I give you control of all of it, God. I commit my works to you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I place my hand in your hand, Father. Trusting and believing that you will guide me. That you will lead me. In the name of Jesus. And only that which you would allow into my life, God. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust it, Father. 
Jesus, there's no room for fear in this relationship. There's no room for worry or doubt in this relationship. God, I'm just walking with you. I'm just trusting in you and in your leading. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you're the source of my supply. You're the source of all that I have, God. It all comes from you. It all belongs to you. My time, Lord, my energy, my finance, God, it all comes from you and belongs to you. In the name of Jesus, God, I'm asking you to guide my conversations. I'm asking for you to lead and ordain my time that I spend with others, God, and that when I open my mouth to speak, it would be your word that's abiding in me that would come out and be spoken. In the name of Jesus, God, give you myself, Lord. I give you myself, Lord.
I feel like I would like to give you a challenge for this, the rest of this day and going into this week. I believe what I feel from the Lord is for us to listen for a call to prayer. And I, I realize what that sounds like. I, there, are, there are religions that, like clockwork, have calls, literal speakers that play a sound that are a call to prayer. And honestly, what I felt like the Lord told me is everything is a call to prayer. Everything, if you allow it to be, as, as things are unfolding and transpiring in front of you throughout your day, it's a call to prayer. A, a, a conversation that you might have. It, now, let me just give you that as an example. If you know you're going to have a conversation at some point in the day with a particular person, going into that conversation is a call to prayer. The middle of that conversation is a call. To, I don't mean like call a timeout and be like, hang on, timeout, we got to pray for a minute. No, I'm saying while you're conversing, you're listening, just like we are doing today, you're listening for the voice of the Lord in that conversation. And then after the conversation, there's a call to prayer about what you learned in the conversation. The things that took place in it. Now, it's easy to look at it that way when you have a scheduled one. Those of us that might go to work and have meetings scheduled and you have a calendar, 11 a.m., I'm going to meet with this person or this group. But throughout my day, really, that can be my pattern. That can be my ability. I'm listening for the call to prayer in a situation, in a conversation. And, and the Lord will do this. He will bring things to your mind. He will bring th thoughts, memories, reminders. You can think about, all of a sudden, think about somebody you haven't seen in six years, seven years. What is that about? Listen for the call to prayer. And then respond. That's the practical application is responding. Letting the Lord lead that time, that prayer. Now, I almost said I want to challenge you to start your day, set your alarm and start your day with, with prayer. And I'm not going to say no to that. If you want to do it, I, that's a great thing to do. But I, I, would, I feel the Lord is saying this is, not a mo this is not just a scheduled thing. This is a continual thing. Throughout the day, if you listen for a call to prayer, you will hear it. The Lord will tell you, I just need five minutes of your time to pray about this. I just need 30 seconds of your time to pray for this person. I just need you for a little bit. It's a call. It's a call. I feel the Lord is challenging us to that today to listen for that call to prayer. 
Lord, I thank you for your presence that's here today. I thank you for the ways that you've ministered here, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the needs that you are meeting here, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for all your awesome power, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, let our ears continue to be open, Lord. Let us listen with our spirit. Let us listen with our inner man. God, as we go throughout our day, let us listen for the call that you would give us, Lord. The, the ways that you would drop your word into our spirit, into our mind. Let us listen for that, Lord Jesus. And let us respond, O oh God. Let us be available to you to respond in prayer, Lord Jesus. The way that you would lead us, the time that you would lead us. I pray it today in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord some thanks before we go? Let's just offer him some thanks. Come on, he's a good God. He is a good God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy and your love, Father. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You are dismissed. I